Hey y'all, happy Tuesday. So, um, if you are not subscribed to this channel, go ahead and hit that subscription button for me. Also, I would like to give a special shout out to my Patreons. Thank you for those of you that support this content. Also, this podcast is now available on Spotify. So, uh, go over there and check that out on, uh, just search Rhonda Mary if you like listening to things in longer format. Um, as many of you may have already saw, yesterday, President Joe Biden came forward and said that he was going to be looking forward to re- uh, putting some restrictions on uh, ghost guns. Particularly for me, why I find it so important to keep and maintain you know, our Second Amendment rights, our gun rights, our constitutional rights, our human rights is because I do not particularly trust our government, um, especially after the last two years. I think I might be a tad bit like scarred from everything we've seen from the downright lying to the gaslighting to the manipulation to the elitism to everything that we've seen and at this point i don't put anything past our own government and what it will literally do to its own people nor do i put anything past the relationships or lack thereof that we're building with other countries and you know what can happen moving forward I just don't. Even looking at what Shanghai, I don't know if you guys know this, but literally right now in Shanghai, as we speak, they are on such stringent lockdowns that people are like being locked in their homes for, I think, over a week. Like you cannot leave your home at all. They have these robot things going through the skies um, telling you, you know, uh, saying what was it saying? Don't don't worry about your freedom. I can't remember the words verbatim, right? But just this very, you know, just dreadful, awful place for people to be in. People have been committing suicides, jumping out of their windows. They are all of the pets that they believe could have COVID. They are wrapping these dogs and cats up and leaving them on uh, the corners to wrapping them up in like garbage bags and leaving them on the corners to be disposed. It's just so much crazy and ridiculous things going on. The government is rationing out food to the citizens. Like, like, I, I promise y'all, I don't come trying to fear monger. I'm not trying to do that, but I want people to understand that we have somewhat regardless of how you want to, you know, proposition it in the oppression Olympics and everything else, as far as between like our military, our second amendment rights and things like this, in some ways we've been privileged as when you look at other countries who are way more authoritarian, right? And things like this. And so, but I do not put it past 
the United States that it can continue to go that direction when you have a group of people who think that they are working on the best interest of you or this is progressive, but really it's just controlling and authoritative and all of these other things. But anyway, getting back to the shooting, because we're, we're going to, uh, no, I'm sorry, getting back to Biden on the ghost guns, because we're going to talk a little bit um, about this today, so you can kind of know uh, what's going on. So Biden announced a crackdown on ghost guns. President Biden on Monday announced the finalization of a rule banning sales of so-called ghost guns. The hard-to-trace firearms that law enforcement is increasingly recovering at crime scenes across the country. It's basic common sense, Biden said during a speech in the Rose Garden with survivors and family members of victims of gun violence in attendance. The firearms are often assembled with kits that can be bought online or at a store without a background check. They also do not contain serial numbers, making them virtually impossible for law enforcement to trace or regulate. The new rule clarifies these kits, qualifies as firearms that are federally licensed, and subjected to background checks, just like commercially made weapons. The president showed off parts that he said could be used to easily assemble ghost guns using a hand drill in less than 30 minutes. So this goes on to talk about this. As you listen to, you know, these speeches and things like this, if you are a, a gun owner, and even me, I'm not like, I'm not like a, a gun enthusiast. Like, I, I wouldn't call myself that. I don't know, nor do I care about all the latest gear and the coolest thing that's out. It's just not It's just not my thing. You know, I'm just not into all that. More so into the side of self-protection, safety, you know, our human rights, and those things. Well, as you... Even I, as I listen to these people during these press conferences and stuff like this, you'll hear them say things that it's like, you know, our propaganda, you know, are not true are not true. Or you can tell they just do not know what they they're talk, talking about. And ironically enough, I expect people that live behind gates that have 24-7 private security, that haven't lived as commoners, you know, among re regular people in decades. Um, I don't particularly understand these people to fully understand the things that they are claiming to know about or have these, you know, executive opinions about, right? Even Joe Biden taking this upon the, uh, taking the executive route to do this instead of trying to do anything through Congress. And you know, you're going to have people that are going to automatically be fighting this um, tooth and nail because a lot of people feel like you give an inch and they take a mile and we can look at, I mean, name something that's been talked about in a political space, whether we're talking about censorship, whether we're talking about, you know, what we're being told is LGBT rights and how that relates to education, whether we're talking about, I mean, COVID, 
and the lockdowns, you know, you can name anything practically in a political sphere recently. And it's like you accept one thing and they continue to further push the needle. And even during the conference, Joe Biden goes on to literally say, yes, we, I mean, we want to ban assault weapons, right? We want to ban assault weapons and we want to ban high capacity magazines. And even that, I noticed that this time he didn't say assault rifle. He actually said assault weapon. And as we noticed, and even the ATF is practically admitting to this, that they are, uh, not the ATF, I'm sorry, the Joe Biden administration is admitting that, yeah, we're basically changing definitions over time to fit how we want to view these things. We can no longer call a gun a gun. Now a gun part can be a gun, and we can look at that the same way. Well, coincidentally, and ironically, the very day after the Joe Biden administration comes forward with this news, you had this shooting in the Brooklyn subway. Now, as you know, this has went viral, okay? And some of some of you, I didn't know I was still screen share. Uh, some of you may have already um, heard about this. So, thirteen people were injured today in NYC subway. And a person of interest has recently been named. Now, a man wearing a gas mask opened fire on a Manhattan-bound North train as it was pulling into the 36th train station, prompting a large response to Brooklyn Sunset Park neighborhood. New York City police named a person of interest in the shooting Tuesday morning. Ten people were shot and 13 others injured after a man wearing a gas mask opened fire and threw a smoke canister aboard the moving train during the morning rush hours, authorities said. New York Police Chief of Detectives James W. Easy said at a news conference Tuesday night that Frank R. James, 62, rented a U-Haul van, the keys of which were found at the scene of the shooting in the Brooklyn Sunset Park neighborhood. And so they just go on and talk about it. they're looking for him, how they drove uh, he basically drove a U-Haul and left it somewhere in the Keys. I read another article that said it was a credit card. So, like, which one is it? Um, the Keys, the credit card was left at the scene, and a truck was left abandoned. And, you know, okay, you know, I'm not an investigator. I, I don't have a badge, but... I will say that a lot of details are still being put together. They don't quite know yet. This is the suspect that they have as a far. And all that I've read is that they found either it was a credit card or keys at the scene. It may have been a credit card and keys. And of course, the cameras weren't working. And the cameras were not working during the Brooklyn subway, uh, in the Brooklyn subway station. So Mayor Eric Adams, and you guys know we've been talking about him the last couple of weeks, and I'll tell you here why soon, 
Okay, he did confirm to a local radio station that security cameras were not operating in the Brooklyn subway station where Tuesday morning mass shootings occurred. The preliminary review stated that at the particular station, there appeared to have been some form of malfunction with the camera system that is still under investigation. We are communicating with the MTA to find out was it throughout the entire station or was it just one camera? So that's still something that we are looking into. So here you have, here you have just after Biden comes out and makes his announcement, you have this horrific shooting in the New York subway station. Now, while we've been talking about Eric Adams, over the last couple of weeks is because because he's been very adamant about the fact that they are going to add more uh, more police officers. Okay, they are uh, going to ramp up certain policies, something that had to even do with like dice games or something like that. They're re-implementing a task force that has been known for a lot of screw-ups in the past and a lot of payouts um, to victims, okay? And these are some of the things that are going on in New York while, while New York is not only uh, one of the strictest in gun control, but you also have the highest tax rate. So New York City, who has the highest tax rate and also some of the highest crime, I don't think they're quite like number one, but they are number one for taxes. You have a city where your cameras aren't working. I, and I don't know like what's the reason for that. No reason was given. Okay, and you have people that are overwhelmingly not feeling safe. And I think that New York City is absolutely starting to feel this recently. And that, that's why you have um, Mayor Eric Adams. I think I said his name wrong earlier. I'm not sure. That's why you have Mayor, Mayor Eric Adams that has been in the limelight a lot more recently for all of these things that they're going to do because they have to recoup some of this money that was lost during these COVID lockdowns. You having people that are not wanting to tour and come to New York City because of the crime rates, because they are in fear. They're in fear for their lives. People don't want to ride the subway. You have people that live in New York complaining about it being unclean, unsafe, and all these other things, right? Now you have some people being upset that you have your homeless population being swept up, like swept from the city, pushed into these safe houses. I think that's what they're called. Okay. Pushed into these safe houses because they have they have are trying to pretty up the city for tourists. And to make people feel safe and to stop people that have been overwhelmingly leaving New York City. Leaving New York City. 
no longer want to be in New York City. So they're trying to find ways. Um, they're trying to find ways to deal with this. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but quiet as it kept, quiet as it's been kept, the CDC is actually going to be under review for their uh, recent COVID policies over the, in the lockdowns for the last two years, two and a half years now, I think. And why I'm talking about COVID is because something that particularly with New York and if we look at practically everything that's going on in the country now with the, particularly the crime, the inflation, nobody wants to have an honest look at the fact of the failed COVID policies and how this has touched nearly every sector of our lives. Crime, inflation, mental health. And this is a very low level denominator for you to have people like Eric Adams and Joe Biden. Oh, it's the ghost guns. It's the ghost guns. First of all, there is no actual full length data on how often ghost guns are used in crime across the country. There's no federal statistics for that. That's the first thing. The second thing is for the cities that do have it, it's about three to maybe 8%. And that's for the few cities that, you know, claim to have statistics on it. Three to 8%. So to me, when I look at this, it looks very similar to, Oh, inflation, blame Russia. Oh, high crime, blame ghost guns. It's like looking for the easiest factor, the lowest denominator to kind of soothe people and make them feel comfortable and make them look at everything but the reason. And let me clarify, let me clarify. Because anybody that harms people needs to be held responsible. The only time a firearm should be used is when, of course, not talking about hunting or sports or anything like that, but when you are defending your life. So I, I want to be very clear that we want these people to absolutely be held responsible. But I also want to be clear about the fact that a lot of the policies that we have seen have led to this. And now it's like, even the CDCs knows it and they say, hey, we're going to look at some of our policies and how they affected people and what was bad about it and what we could have done better. But, you know, we're going to investigate ourselves. So, I mean, hey, it's like the police investigating the police, investigating their own department. And so it continues to be this string of bureaucracy and politicians get to constantly point the fingers at the citizens without taking a real look at themselves and what has led us to this point. 
You still have people walking around masking, which is emboldened, emboldened, emboldening people. Okay? It's making it harder to identify people. It's making it harder to recognize people. And between the mental health, the lost jobs, the inflations, inflation, it should not be lost on people that you are going to see unrest over the next couple of weeks, possibly years. One plus one equals two. And we are going to have to, it's like people have just tried to move on with their lives. People have just tried to move on to the next thing. The Will Smith slap, the Ukraine and Russia, the don't say gay bill in Florida. And don't get me wrong, I have talked about these things as well. However, we cannot allow them to pretend that, oh, you know, we've moved on from COVID, we forgot about COVID, and, and just outright ignore all of the failures of the past couple years. And don't get it twisted. This absolutely started during the Trump administration. And we broke that down over time, particularly, I think, the last stimulus package that he did and it was this whole thing about oh I'm going to send this back to Congress because it's not right and I'm going to use the, the 25th um, some, something and I'm going to do this and I'm like I understand at the time that people were struggling once again because of who the government the government lockdowns and policies and things like this um and I know that a lot of people, including the administration, were between a, a rock and a hard place. But sometimes you have to make hard decisions. And a lot of what we saw is now leading or has now led to, I mean, it's just, <laughs> Amar said everything is upside down. And so this thing has just rolled on and picked up steam. And we are now literally, literally now seeing inflation, consumer price inflation hit a new 40-year high in March. 40-year high. Americans' inflation problem didn't abate in March. Prices kept creeping up, hitting a fresh 40-year high. The consumer price index rose 8.5% for the year ended in March, not adjusted for seasonal swings. That outpaced February's elevated reading of 7.9 and marked a level not seen since December 1981 when the CPI stood at 8.9. Tuesday's March data was also slightly higher than the 8.4 economics had predicted. Econ economists. 
Most of the March increase was driven by a jump in gasoline and food prices, which rose as a Ukraine conflict through global commodities markets for a loop, as well as an upswing in housing costs. Last month alone, U.S. gas prices rose by more than 18 percent. Year over year, the price of gas is uh, gas soared by 48 percent. Stripping out the more volatile food and energy categories, prices rose 6.5 over a 12-month period. And I was wondering, you know, do I think that uh, some of the inflation, part of the inflation that we're seeing is because of the Russia and Ukraine uh, conflict? Sure. However, we were on an upward trajectory well before this conflict, okay, went mainstream. Because if you know, there's been somewhat conflict for a while now. And so I was thinking to myself, well, why does this administration, you know, not blame Trump for the, the inflation? Why do they just... Uh, blame everything on Russia and Ukraine. It would seem like, you know, maybe you would get some political points for that, particularly going into midterm. But when I think about it and take a deeper look to even say that, you would have to implicate yourself as you were very hands-on and a part of the same things that were happening very instrumental also playing a big role in this inflation and what Trump started just made it easy to pass I mean just alley you right to Joe Biden and take this whole inflation thing to another level and so like I said you know for anybody to think that we aren't going to see a lot potential you know, unrest with um, crime, uh, people are like stealing gas out of people's, you know, cars, like siphoning the gas now. Um, you have crime, especially in these bigger cities, that is, I mean, you know, it's crazy. And I was in New York a couple of weeks ago and I couldn't live in New York. Um, it just it was it just felt like too many people, people everywhere. And then knowing that they make it so hard there for for gun owners and for people that want to protect their lives. And then what's even funnier is not only does New York City have the highest taxes, the worst gun laws, they've also had some of the worst policing that we've had the displeasure of seeing on camera. We have to remember Eric Garner happened in New York City. And a lot of, uh, I mean, it's been so many names over the years, but that's just one that comes to mind. Uh, they've been known for their uh, uh, stopping and frisking, which violates constitutional rights. They've been known for 
making it very hard, I mean, almost impossible for the average citizen to protect themselves with a firearm, once again, violating people's human rights. So, <laughs> like, at this point, it's no secret why people are moving out of New York City in droves with those kind of policies. And now, Instead of looking at those things, they try to do this huge sweep and huge ignore and oh, now let us try to work on a crime going into midterms, but leave it all up to us who you really haven't even been able to trust for the last few years. And so we know that um, I cannot say in, in this particular case, because obviously we're still waiting on details and this is very extremely, extremely unfortunate. Um, but this is what happens when we think that we can put our lives in the hands of bureaucrats, when we think we can put our lives in the hands of law enforcement or a freaking mayor that probably doesn't ride the subway. That they don't obviously either don't have enough money or enough common sense to even have their camera system working on the subway. And these are the people that you are feeling comfortable leaving your life in their hands. And I mean, with the amount that New Yorkers are paying in taxes, there definitely needs to be some questions that should be asked with everything that's going on. And so when I say I support gun rights, it's because I want someone there to be there to stop this freaking madman, this maniac, when the government is not there to swoop in and come saving you like some shining knight in armor. And we also know that most times, as a lot of people are now starting to see, is that a lot of times the police don't prevent crime. They're responding to it. And so if anybody's going to prevent it, it makes me now... Um, it makes me cringe the thought of fully having to be dependent on this system for my livelihood. The thought of it makes me cringe. I think it's a very dreadful thought. And camera's not working. You know, police not around. That is a failure on the city. And at what point do people realize that
what point do people realize? I guess people just think, hey, throw more money at them. Give more police presence, which I thought something that New Yorkers were generally against anyway, or like more progressiveness. So I'm not even exactly sure how you would do both with that. Um, Because like I said, New York hasn't been the best for... um, you know, how, how they've handled a lot of situations and they've been known for police brutality. So finding that that balance. And I don't even know. I, I'm kind of curious to how the typical New Yorker even envisions, envisions that being done. And so now we're in a space where uh, politicians are are getting richer. Um, you know, politicians are getting richer. You have people like Nancy Pelosi who are able to invest in things like Tesla uh, stock because they know the bills that are coming up that they are literally getting ready to vote on. Um, And you have her along with other politicians who are coming into spaces, don't even win their campaigns. And somehow years later, they're $3 million richer or however much richer while the middle class in particular um, continues to suffer and the poor continue to suffer. And we take on the burden of inflation. And why we do that, you have once again politicians who won't have the nerve, the audacity to want to manage every single transaction over $600, okay? the American dollar continues to lose its value. They are rumoring to be moving us to digital currency where they can track every single transaction. All of these things are slowly happening. And then they have the nerve on top of all that to want to slowly take away the way that we defend and protect ourselves, right? And I particularly don't believe this to be an accident. We have places like New York City who encourage, I mean, that's practically what it is, drug use on the taxpayer dollar. Hey, come do this here because we want to make sure that you're safe and you know, people say, oh, well, it helps with the supervision and it saves X amount of money and da 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 da. I haven't seen the data. I, you know, I don't know if that believes that, if I believe that. I don't know if that helps people get cleaner, this and the other. But I do not think that this is something that the government should be overseeing and encouraging and definitely not on the taxpayer dollar. And so 
when you start compiling all of these things, and I thinking about the policies on the back end where you literally COVID was the worst thing that ever happened and it was just the pandemic and the endemic and the this and the that and you gotta wear your mask forever. But you sent millions of COVID dollars to policing all across the country, right? You're continuing to militarize the police. That hasn't stopped. That hasn't stopped just because Joe Biden got in office. That hasn't stopped just because CNN and John Lemon and Black Lives Matter stopped talking about it. That has not stopped, okay? The continuation of the militarizing of the police is happening. It's happening right now in real time as we speak. And so, unfortunately, you know, with the trauma <laughs> of the things and everything I've seen over the last two years, I, you know, I don't put it past them that they are just over time, just steadily trying to chip it versus ghost guns. You make ghost guns the the uh, boogeyman and next it'll be something else, right? And especially when a random person on Twitter, they're not trying to take your guns. And then a better or a rope will say, hell yeah, we're going to take your guns. And Joe Biden goes on TV and says, yes, we want to take uh, put put a ban on assault weapons, which what does that even mean? That could lose assault weapons could be used to define anything. That's not even like a thing. That's not a real thing. That doesn't have like an actual definition. That just could be any tool used for defense or anything else. Um, so anyway. It looks like my internet is getting choppy here. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. I want people, I suggest people be diligent about what you are seeing, what you're seeing over the next couple of weeks to a couple of years. Um, be prepared. Food shortages are coming, okay? Food shortages are coming. They're already here. And unfortunately, we don't know the potential of how bad it could get at this point. We really don't know. You know, it, it could go other way. It could look like what it looks like now, or it could be get worse, but it never helps to prepare, uh, to, it never hurts to prepare, okay? But what I would say is, if food shortages are coming, and if they do get worse, if the inflation that is now at a 40-year high uh, gets worse, you do not want to be caught slipping without the ability to, to defend yourself. You do not want to be caught slipping without the ability to defend yourself when these bureaucrats that sit, sit on their plushy pillows, okay, in their mansions, in their high rises, and in their gated communities with their security tell you, oops, I'm sorry, our cameras weren't working that day. Oops, the police were not in the area. 
You do not want to be that person that gets caught slipping and push your entire life and livelihood into the hands of people that ultimately do not care about you. They care to control you. And I also want to say this as well. I really do not understand uh, people who are uh, Second Amendment rights uh, activists, advocates, trainers, anything else that go goes on to antagonize, belittle, or uh, bully. I don't really like that word, but this is the one that came to mind. People who are believed to be or present themselves to be anti-gun. And let me say why. Generally, generally, I do not believe that my neighbor, <laughs> I have to say generally now because you got some crazy people out here. Generally, I don't believe my neighbor to particularly want to subjugate me to be elitist. And when I say my neighbor, I mean a person that lives down the road from me, right? Their kid goes to school with my kid. Their, uh, their uh, aunt is a member at my church or whatever the case may be. Y'all kind of see the point I'm getting to. Um, DC, yes. Hollywood, sure. But particularly, generally, I think that Many people, and I, I don't know, know if I should even say most there, but I think many people generally just want to be safe. And I think that we have to remember that sometimes we just see different ways of going about it. People have to remember that we are up against a billion dollar propaganda machine, okay? There are over 250,000 upwards to uh uh i think 500,000 or more uses of self defense of firearms used in self defense every year every year but we rarely hear those stories they don't make the news and when something like this happens it is plastered everywhere it's on the front page and you have a lot of people that may know someone who was affected by negligence, who was affected by violence. And a lot of people are just parroting what they are being told. And I don't necessarily think it's always malicious. And I don't really know or understand how people plan to reach people, inspire people, give them new information if all you do is be hostile and use talking points. You often have people that are like genuinely interested in just being safe and feeling safe. I just believe that the way that they're being told to go about it is a lie. And that lie is based on the history of not only the last two years, but what we've seen uh, for decades. And so 
you know, if we're going to talk about these things, if we are going to support these things, I do absolutely um, believe that we should do it in a holistic way. We should do it in a way that feels welcoming. I know that a lot of people do not feel uh, welcome into gun culture or the gun community or however or whatever you want to call it. And being hostile towards them is definitely not going to help. And the fact that the matter is you are going to need some of these people on your team, whether you believe it or not, especially, especially as, you know, you have younger generations trying to be uh, programmed and propagandized in a certain way. So, you know, hopefully that's just something for a lot of people to to think on and ponder on because I see people doing that and I just really don't know I, I just really don't know what it benefits people to go back and forth and be absolutely rude to people when a lot of times people just like want to feel safe now that is a false sense of security you know we know that I know that you know, but sometimes it takes like a light bulb to go off for people to start connecting the dots. And like I said, a, a billion dollar propaganda machine. So this is like not a joke. This is some very heavy, heavy programming. Just look at the programming that we went through with COVID in the last two years. You have some people that have had such a hard time readjusting to life. Like, seriously. Uh, just readjusting to any type of normal, you know? And so it's a real thing. And I don't think it hurts people to have some level of empathy, right? At least the people that, you know, are, are being genuine, not the people that are being just total jerks. Because if somebody's being a total jerk, then me, I'm probably going to be at least a little bit of a jerk back. But anyway. Um, thank you, Doug, for the um, super chat. So said, he said, very suspicious that this happened. The right after Sloppy Joe announces more gun control and same day he announces the worst inflation in decades. Um, I hope that we don't see more of this. That is my hope. But history says when you uh, uh, have inflation like this, you have more people, you know, uh, slowly going into poverty. Uh, we look at everything that's going on with like the student loan debts. And I mean, you know, people are feeling it. People are feeling it at the gas pump. People are feeling it at the grocery stores. And so it, these things cause friction and it cause problems and ultimately, um, just stay safe. And keep your head on the swivel. But, all right.
right, y'all, that is it for tonight. If you are not subscribed to my channel, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscription button. This uh, podcast is now available on Spotify. So if you like listening in the longer format, you can check that out. Just search Run the Mirror on Spotify. Um, if you would like to purchase merch or support this channel, go over to rondamary.com. Also, thank you again to my patrons and everyone who supports. If you are not following me on Instagram, I don't know what the heck you are doing. <laughs> I have been posting over there way more lately. Um, so please give me a follow over there. Rhonda underscore Mary. I also have my page, Rhonda Mary Bids. And all right, y'all. Y'all have a good night. Bye.